Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to Emerald City Hockey's Post Game Live presented by Queen Anne Beer Hall. <sighs> shootout loss. Haven't talked about shootout it, with this Kraken team in a while. Like it's been a really long time. Uh, only one other time so far this season. Uh, but unfortunately, we only pick up the one point on a day in which Vegas had to go and win their hockey game. So we're technically out of first place again. Not happy about that, but I'm happy with the way this Kraken team performed. I mean, now the Kraken finally get to rest a little uh, after this kind of this whole year, 2023, the year of the Kraken has been a whirlwind for them. What with the seven game road trip, coming back, having to do the back to backs and then these games here later on in this week and against tough teams. I mean, they, they picked up that that good win, uh, overtime win last time out uh, against the Devils here going up against the reigning Stanley Cup champions, take them to overtime, take them to a shootout. It was still a really solid performance from this team. But uh, I saw, you know, uh, I'm seeing some comments here about the OT game plan and how conservative and maybe boring it was. And I will say this. I am. I'll probably reiterate this later. I, I've been on record earlier talking about I don't like the kind of conservative overtime plan. RJ can tell us again why it's the smart thing to do. But yeah, I. I like. I think three on three overtime is built just to be back and forth, and somebody scores in dramatic fashion. That's what I want. That's you know. That's what we got last time out with uh, Berkey getting the goal. It's what I'm in favor of personally. So, uh, but I uh, I just think this Kraken team is so solid that even on nights where they you know I think the fatigue factor kind of came back into play for them a little bit. You, we saw them be a little bit kind of you know sloppy at times with things they can still hang in there with anybody. They can still look dangerous. They can pick up a response goal. Uh, Donato, I mean, come on. That dude is playing so well right now. Um, I think there was still a lot of positives from this one, including Philip Grubauer making 26 saves, having another rock-solid performance. I still think this has got to be a really tough situation for Coach Dave Haxtall. You want to play the hot-handed net. I, who is it? They both look pretty pretty dang good right now so it's a good problem to have but it's it's one that um you know dave haxtell is going to have to deal with here for the next little while until i think somebody separates themselves again because you know i mean it's it's unfortunate for Gru here he's going to pick up another l uh, or uh, at least he's not picking up a w which you know haxtell all about the w's but philip grubauer just a, a, another fantastic game from him he made some really big time saves for this team in this one, including in overtime, got you know had to had to step up really really big there for those two chances that the Avalanche did have in overtime. If not for Gru, this this game just kind of ends there, right? We don't we don't even get the chance to to go at it in the shootout. But um, yeah, I I definitely understand those of you with the frustration for the overtime, especially because it's like okay, you're playing for a shootout, but then you know the shootout didn't look so fantastic either for the Kraken. So like, you know, what, why are you playing for that maybe? But, um, well, I, like I said, we'll get into it more when, uh, when, when, uh, RJ joins in later. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a debate. We always have me and him, uh, the strategies employed in these three on threes looking over here at chats, James, I continue to believe the Kraken are only as good as Maddie. No point, no win. Uh, tie with the needed Maddie, in my opinion. I mean, uh, I, I'm assuming you're talking about the shootout there, Ty. It's uh, and going to James's comment. I mean, that is one of the things with this team is, you know, the top six. We've we've been talking about it. I've been talking about it, kind of like waiting for like them to show up. And a lot of times when they show up, it is Maddie. Maddie is involved in that little tougher. Uh, today on a day in which you know you're list you're missing Andre Burakovsky and we'll talk about that later with RJ too. Um, you're missing Andre Burakovsky. That's a big piece. He, we were just hoping that maybe he was going to kind of get on one of his hot streaks after picking up that game-winning goal uh, back on Thursday, but you know, uh, not there for this one. You had John Hayden up there. You rotate him in. He played pretty well, all things considered. He got a couple shots on goal, some you know, some big chances there late in this game. Tough situation for him. He wasn't expecting to play today. Uh, probably wasn't expecting to play with the Kraken at all uh, as he, as he was called up here. But I thought he 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 warmed up to the game and and got into it by the end there. That last line had an amazing shift 
that fourth line of of him and and geeky and um Tanev there late in that game. I mean, that was a fantastic shift played entirely in the Colorado zone. And then they start shifting off and getting the first line out there, just pouring all the pressure on the avalanche. Like that is again, the depth that this team has that you can count on your fourth line to pin a team like the avalanche in their own zone late in a tie game like that. There are so few teams that can do that. It is so impressive. That's the kind of thing that that's going to pl- pay off huge dividends come a playoff time. Like it's it's so. I just I love watching that stuff from this team. Um, uh, Coop, oof, that OT and shootout was ugly. Yeah, we talked about the OT and the kind of conservative. Just hold on to the puck. Don't don't give it up. The shootout was also rough with both um, Donato and Spronger kind of getting foiled by Francis there, but. Uh, it's just one of those, like, if you're in a shootout, goalie can do that. I, I think shooters forget about that. Not a lot of goalies ever want to really be super aggressive with the stick check. That being said, I mean, they were practically in the crease when when he finally made a move with the stick there. So got to start that a little bit sooner if, if you want it to pay off. I'm no shootout expert. I'm, I'm not a, a hand skill kind of guy, but, I mean, you – they walked right into it, it, so to speak. Like it was, it was just one of those, you know, Ebbs had a really good look. You understand that it goes wide or, or high there, but um, yeah, I, I, it was, it could have looked better. I think Daniel bummer, we still got a point. Now we get three days off. We weathered the storm. Exactly. And I do think that that needs to be the main takeaway is what Daniel's bringing up here of weathering that storm. Like I, like I said, we're still very much, this team is still very much in that, like, hey, we've played like, you know, a thousand hockey games here in the last three weeks. We haven't had a, any downtime, so to speak. Certainly not any downtime at home. We haven't, we've barely been able to, to, uh, be in our own facility. We've had one practice basically all season, all year in 2023. We're 21 days in. I think they've had one practice at KCI this this whole uh, year so far. So the fact that the team was able to get through this, they, they picked up the big two points on Thursday. You still get a point tonight. I think that these are massive positive things. And those are the things that good teams find ways of doing, no matter how tired you are, how fatigued you are, how much hockey you've played, you find a way to at least pick up a point or you find a way to get into overtime and put yourself in a situation where you can win that game. These are things that all the top teams do. And those are those things that, that help carry you to a playoff because those points add up and, and they, they really help make a difference. So still very positive uh, overall for, for the Kraken after this one. Krakenock, first things first, I would get tired before the polar bear and immediately get ripped to shreds. Anyways, even though we lost, what a game. Oh, look, that's Coop. I feel so bad for Gru. His team really strung him out tonight. It's, it's kind of been the story of the season for Gru Bauer. Still don't totally know what's going on with that, but it's it's rough. And like I said, the fact that he has another incredible performance, only one goal against facing this Colorado team, especially a Colorado team. They had two cracks at the power play, shut down both of those. And then he just doesn't get to walk away with a win. It's, it's really, really rough. Um, Ty, this game was abs to lose though. Never seen them miss so many wide open opportunities. Kudos to Hayden for making his presence felt, especially getting the late uh, to go uh, for sure. That, uh, we talked about it earlier. That is a really tough situation that John Hayden found himself in. You can tell Hackstall knew it, only played him one shift in the first period. Like it was just kind of get it, get him up to speed, get him out there, slowly work him into the game, get him a feel for the game. And then I think that big hit on Eric Johnson was like the signal of like, okay, he's back. He's ready to go. Let's go. And then he gets some more regular shifts from there. And then, like I said, him being involved in that incredible um, sequence and and shift from that fourth line late in the game was was really really big. CR buds so sloppy tonight they were. Like I said, I just think the fatigue it's it's got to be catching up to them. I think really the the last couple games that all the games this week that Tampa game sloppy makes sense because of the fatigue. Edmonton sloppy again that fatigue factor. Letting New Jersey hang around and stay in that game, I think, is part of that fatigue factor. And then obviously tonight not being able to kind of put this one away. Uh, but, you know, that being said, this, this Colorado team is good. I know they got guys out with injury, but they're still a really good team. Uh, and this was still a fantastic performance for the Kraken. Jeremiah coming in here with the super chat, the massive super chat. Thank you very much, Jeremiah. I really appreciate it. I hope you're doing well up there. 
Oliver Mother Bleepin' Bjorkstrand on that back check was incredible on Nathan McKinnon. Never seen another skater catch him. Keep up the great work, Dylan and RJ. What a great game. That was play of the game for me. Watching Oliver Bjorkstrand get on his horse, get back, because Nathan McKinnon is a speedster. And I know this is overtime, and Nate Mack has probably played, you know, 20-something minutes. Yeah, he finished the game 25 and a half minutes. So McKinnon's played a lot of hockey up until this point. But Nathan McKinnon is one of the fastest guys in the NHL. And for Oliver Bjorkstrand to, to recognize the situation, kind of see it as it's developing, know if he's going to have any chance to, to help out his goaltender, he's got to get going. And for him to put his head down like that and, and sacrifice, because he's tired too. He's been playing a lot of hockey too in this one. And, and for him to go out there and do that and make the read and catch McKinnon kind of off guard, because like, let's be real. He, McKinnon, if he if he wanted that, he could have probably gotten out, uh, you know, enough of a head start there that uh, Bjorkstrand's not catching him. But for him to catch McKinnon off guard, for him to play it the way he did too, like to not take a penalty, one biggest biggest factor in all of this, right, is not taking a penalty in that situation because that would be the worst case scenario. And then for him to play it so that McKinnon doesn't even get like a contested shot off or something, right? Like it's just shut down completely. I've said it before him being the son of a coach, man, it, it shows, it shows. If you watch Oliver Bjorkstrand long enough, you, you totally see it. Uh, and it's just, it's another night for him where he generated a ton of offense, five shots on goal leads the team. Doesn't pick up a point, doesn't get another goal, anything like that, but making his presence felt offensively and then certainly defensively there late in overtime. Oh man, that was that has to be play of the game. And I I mean, that's one of those things where you wonder if if maybe that leads to a Davy Jones hat or something down the line down the line. I know you don't get the win today, so you're not giving that out. But like if he has a good game next game, like maybe that bleeds over a little bit because that's a, that's a big time play. I would also, I would wonder if he, uh, uh, yes, Lindsay, he's got that dog in him for sure. I almost wonder too, if that's enough to like kind of, you know, on a rough day, like today, get you into that third star consideration as well. Just that one play. Cause that was, that was huge, 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 very much appreciate the super chat, Jeremiah. I love you bringing up that play. Um, Autumn. So, so yeah, I'll kind of lump in all the overtime stuff here in this one from Autumn. Bizarre overtime game plan to play so conservatively against a team that's so gassed from the back to back. I think we, Hextall talked about this early in the season. Again, I'll kind of, this will be the last time I'll address it before RJ hops on and we can talk about it more with him. But um, it's that idea of, in overtime, like the worst thing that can happen is the other team having the puck. So even if we're not generating chances for ourselves, we'll just hold on to it. And that means they're not, you know, getting two on one looks against us and being super dangerous. I don't like that. To me, that's kind of playing and coaching out of fear almost. Like I like I, I think, you know, three on three, it's designed. You if if you really trust your guys and and I see no reason why the Kraken can't be trusted at this point. You let them go to town and you let this turn into a back and forth affair and know that you've got guys like Oliver Bjorkstrand, who, if the situation looks bad, is going to get on his horse, get back there and help save the day and help out his goaltender and, and, and help make a big time defensive stop when you need to. But otherwise, it's like, you know, I, yes, it's certainly in a situation like this where that team has played back to back. Just you just got to go for it. And, you know. Kraken are plenty fatigued too. They didn't play yesterday, but again, the amount of hockey they've been playing here these last couple of weeks, they're plenty fatigued as well. But it's, um, I, I just think that that's kind of the, the better way to approach three on three. At the very least, it's more entertaining. But if you're going to say a shootout and really three on three in general is going to be like kind of a, a crapshoot of just, you know, whoever gets like bounces and gets good reads or whatever, then you might as well at least like make it fun for everybody. It's my, my opinion anyway. Um, Joey, for lots of the game, Colorado dominated us. They did. Uh, that that was definitely the case. Like first first half of the first period, right? Kraken. It was like seven or eight nothing shots in favor of the Kraken, uh, and then Colorado was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, we're really good too." And they just kind of turned it on. There was a, a power play for them that kind of shifted momentum, and they never let it go. And that is one thing, you know. Again, this Colorado team missing some guys right now, uh, and or they're just getting guys back from injury. They're a team that they understand momentum swings probably better than anyone else. 
Uh, and because of the guys that they have, they can, they can, you know, capitalize on that momentum in a lot of different ways. They could do it with skating. They can do it with speed, but they can also do it with size. Have, you know, Val Nachushkin come in on you. Mikko Rantanen, fantastically skilled player, right? He's one of the top guys in the league in scoring this season. He's also 6'4", 6'3". Right. And he knows how to use that size. He has adapted very well to the North American game for where he started. And uh, he's got no problem going in and, and, you know, letting a defenseman feel it as he leans on him net front or, or tries to create space for himself driving the net. So they are a team that understands that hockey is a momentum game and they understand how to keep applying pressure. I thought Evan Rodriguez big game from him and and his ability to sustain that pressure and create offensive chances solo if he needs to. And that's a guy, not the fastest, certainly not the biggest, but he just understands the game and he understands how to, how to apply pressure and, and kind of mentally fatigue a defense. And I thought Colorado did a really good job of that tonight. And that's why I give a lot of credit to the Seattle Kraken for the performance that they had this evening got another super chat here coming down from gary larson save save of the freaking year holy cow it was that was oh it was so fantastic gary i was just uh oh, i was beaming i was uh oh, i was on cloud nine he, he, i no words and the the other thing that i will say is not only does he make the nice swipe uh, he's he's in solid position. He knows where to be so he can help out his goaltender there and, and help out this make the save. But he swipes it out of, out of midair. Hard thing to do, especially because you got to watch out for the backswing and the lead up to that. I've seen got I've seen that go wrong for a lot of people before. Um, but he, he gets it out. And the other thing is, if he misses that, I think Maddie's there in time to make the save, too, because Maddie saw that and was diving into the crease to try to swipe that puck away. And I, I just, you know, you gotta, gotta love that effort from Maddie. We always talk about the defensive game for Maddie Beniers, but that was a real heart and soul kind of place and play for Maddie Beniers to make, to, to be backing up Lars in that situation. Really, really fantastic. Enjoyed it a lot. And everybody, Gary, going to do a shout out. Our latest release, the fans did the interview with, with uh, Gary yesterday. It's fantastic. Look for it uh, towards the beginning of next week. I, I believe Tuesday was the day RJ and I, I set it up. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, release the fans, uh, letting everybody hear it. We had a lot of fun making it. Um, let's see here. Joshua grew, kept them in the game, but just needed some goal support, struggled to sustain pressure. A win would be great, but not horrible to lose to the abs in a shootout as they have been getting hot. Yes. As, as guys like Val Nachushkin have been coming back, Nathan McKinnon, I believe has missed some time this year. Um, they're, they're starting to get healthy. They're starting to get going and uh, they're, they're a good team. Like I said, they understand what to do and, and how to play this game, you know, as well as anybody out there. I thought things were really good. And again, one more time grew <sighs> super solid performance. Just got to, just got to start picking up W's, you know, Brian grew was awesome. Larson was awesome. Guys all over the roster stepping up. Awesome. The results less awesome. <laughs> Agreed. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but we at least, you know, we got the points. It's better than nothing. Uh, let's see. Coop. I'd really like to see a change in shootout shooter next time out after back to back. Oh, for three performances. Yeah. Again, it's something that the Kraken haven't had to do too frequently this season. So it will be interesting to see if, um, next time they they find themselves in that situation. If we see something a little bit different, Andrew, when it's not five on five, this team seems to be aimless and some questionable choices in both shootouts this year. Are we sure about the coaching? Oh, yes. We're sure about the coaching for the most part. Um, I agree that there's some stuff like that that can be improved on. Uh, but you know, at the same time, like power play, it, it seemed a little better than it had been. I, I'm still not convinced on the power play side of things, but the PK has been doing a good job. They still need to be better about clearing the puck. That's still a real struggle for this team. I don't understand why, but the power play, I mean, they should, you know, the penalty kill, I mean, oh, Colorado was over two. It's a good team. I think it's, I think they're, they're doing okay there. Uh, lack of finishers is a real problem for the Kraken from JMG. It's, it's weird. It's, it's kind of lack of a like top flight guy who's going to score every other game. And you can kind of count on that finisher um, because they get the depth of scoring thing down. And, you know, Ryan Donato right now, sure as heck is a finisher for this team. But uh, yeah, I, I do understand. And it's certainly when it comes to like a shootout, there's nobody on this team that, 
you would you would you look at and you kind of go like, okay, there are shootout specialists. There are guy who's going to kind of get it done. Donskoy was that guy, but with him not in the in the on the roster right now, it's like, mm, yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, here we go. Sin City Vegas nine sixty one. How was first place for two seconds? Uh, all right. As far as I know, we still got a game on on you, uh, and we're only one point behind. So you know, I wouldn't be getting like. I wouldn't be like too thrilled and feeling too comfortable if I was anybody uh, over there in Vegas. But, uh, you know, it, we've, we've been there. We, we know it can happen. And uh, this team's going to be back. We still got the better points percentage. That's that, that, you know, over the course of a full season, that means more. Um, let's see. No shootout in the playoffs. That's right, Lindsay. We won't have to deal with any of that or the three on three. We won't have to deal with any of it. It's five on five overtime. And what have the Kraken dominated this year? It's been five on five. So uh, that's, that is definitely something to keep in mind here. Uh, Daniel Hayden was great defensively. He was, he's always a super solid player all the way around. I really like John Hayden and what he can do. Um, I understand that bringing him up, I think they were probably afraid to bring up Cole Lind and risk having to lose him in waivers, particularly if they also felt like the player they called up, they weren't sure they were going to need him. Like they needed somebody around in case there was a, a kind of a surprise injury, like in the case of um, Burakovsky here. But I, I think part of it was they didn't want to risk Cole Lind having to go through waivers and they didn't necessarily want Cole Lind to have to kind of just sit in Seattle for a week and not get regular playing time. So I think that's why they brought up Hayden. But I think it also made sense to bring up Hayden and someone who is a bit more of a physical presence uh, who can help out the team as they're fatigued from the, the long road trip and from all these games that they've been having to having to play. So uh, I, I really liked his addition to the roster tonight. I, I thought he played really, really well. I have to fix my mic stand here a little bit. And I see Rocky's my dog. Where's dog squoy? Need the therapy pup for this one. That shootout was awful. It was, it was rough. Dog squoy is also rough. Oh, you heard your name. Come here. <laughs> she, yeah, come on. I think she thinks her name is dog squoy. Now we've done this so long. Come on. I'll get you here. Ugh. Hasn't had an appearance since I've been back in town. Get Get Afra in here. There we go. Good girl. Yes, you can look at the camera. You like looking at yourself. Um, Krakenhawk, Hayden's play tonight showing how promising our prospects are. With that said, should we use some prospects or even current Kraken players as trade bait to bolster our chances in the playoffs? That is definitely something that we'll be talking about soon here as we approach the trade deadline uh, on the podcast and stuff. But I do think that it's something that, that the Kraken are going to have to consider at some point. I don't know that this year is the year, but I think in the future, as you start looking at things, you know, you've got Maddie Beneers and Shane Wright locking down the center of the ice, right? You start looking at and thinking about like a Ryan Winterton, particularly if we see, say, a Bo Horvat trade this year and an extension with him or even something with Yanni more long term. You start going like, well, where does Ryan Winterton go? And then you start thinking about, well, that's a that's an attractive trade piece there. So that's that's been something that's kind of been knocking around my noggin for a little while now is is the the idea of that. Or even just because there's been so much talk of the Bo Horvat trade, you start thinking like, I wonder, you know, if if, there, if that might be something that's in play. Uh, not trying to freak out any John, uh, Ryan Winterton fans out there, but I do think that, you know, maybe not this year, Krakenhawk, but I certainly think in the future, that is something that the Kraken are going to, you know, have to work from because if, if that's your position of strength, then you've got to, you know, trade from trade from it. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right. We got uh, RJ jumping in here. I think he's ready. Let me bring him in. How's it going, RJ? Hey, Dylan. Uh, going all right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure you've kind of been over all this stuff already, but Man, it was it was just a hard-fought game tonight. It it didn't feel like a loss. It just felt like a tie almost, really. You know, with the shootout being what it is, and I think that was kind of the reaction, you know, from from the players and from Dave Haxtell. He said how proud he was of the team's effort, um, and I've got to agree. So, like, I it's tough because it's a loss, but I don't even feel bad about it. I just I just want better for Philip Grubauer in this building. Yeah. Yeah, right. And and just in general, I want him to add a W, like you know, a one in that win column. 
Uh, I, I just feel like he's he's been earning it with this with his play. Sorry, we were in the middle of something when you. Oh, came in sorry to interrupt. Show. So gotta give gotta give dog scoy because that's what she answers to now. By the way, that was the big thing. I read a comment about dog scoy and when who pops up in her bed down there, but but her. So I have to do that. I know Gary. I'll, I'll stop spoiling. I, I I teased the Gary video and I started dropping some stuff in there. Uh, I'll I'll stop now. I promise. Um. <laughs> Number one thing, though, that was most talked about in chat when, when post-game live started, RJ, though, was the conservative overtime strategy. Doing that, I know that's your thing. You've made the argument before. Make the pitch back to us, RJ, because I still think just going for it in overtime, making it fun at least. If you're just going to take your chances in a shootout anyway, you might as well have fun along the way. Yeah, I mean, well, if you need to be a better shootout team for it to have a, a better chance of working. But, but man, I, I will say the Kraken absolutely sucked the life out of this overtime. And I think they almost got scared a little bit after those great chances for the abs because I think the Kraken did open it up a little bit more at the start. And it led to that Sam Gerard breakaway. It led to, you know, a couple of really good abs chances. And I think at a certain point, they're like, all right, once we got the puck back, no more of that. Let's just. Let's just be really calm and only take what they give us. I think it was a little bit too much to the extreme. I mean, I was pretty harsh on it on Twitter. I said they just sucked the life out of that overtime. Um, yeah. So that was not fun to watch. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think – yeah, I mean, they didn't lose it in overtime, but, but you're right. I think uh, turn it a little bit more on the dial. Not all the way till you know, just breakaways both ways, but uh, maybe a little bit more urgency there. Did they even have a shot? Like I'm I don't think to, so. I don't think they even had a shot in all of overtime there, considering they had the puck for four and a half minutes of it. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's probably playing it a little safe. I will also say this: I hadn't talked about this yet. I kind of felt like both teams were playing for overtime, like the the second half of the third period for the most part. Yes, it certainly seemed that way to me, and I, I mentioned that a couple times to the people on either side of me uh, in the press bridge. I'm like, these teams are just playing for overtime. They're playing not to lose. They're going to get their points, um, and I think that's pretty consistently, you know, what they did. Uh, and they each got their points, um, but it, it's understandable too when you this. I won't get onto my whole loser point rant, but when you have two teams that are not in the same division, they're both fighting for positioning here. The Abs for a playoff spot. Like you want to bank those points. You just cannot afford to lose in regulation. And both teams played like it. Oh, I thought you were going to say it makes sense knowing like kind of how tired both teams are, right? The Kraken, well, this, is, this is the last bit of their like really long stretch here of playing all these games. Colorado played yesterday. They've been on a road trip now. Like uh, it, it made sense to me in the context of like both of these teams just seem exhausted and they're just trying to like kind of coast through the end here a little bit. Yeah. And, and it's something that Dave Haxel certainly did hint at, uh, you know, certainly didn't use it as any kind of excuse because I thought they played well, but um but yeah, he said the guys need a day off. They, they just, they need some time to clear their heads. Uh, and I think we all agree. We all see that that's the case. Right. All right, RJ, we've had two super chats tonight, both of them talking about very specific plays. Okay. okay. I'm sure you could probably, you know, I won't make you guess, but you could probably get them. And it's the Oliver Bjorkstrand coming back on Nathan McKinnon in the overtime there. And the yep. other being the Larson save. Pulling the puck off the line. Yeah. Right. Right. Which, which play was better, RJ? Oh man, don't make me choose. Um, I, I I love the Larson one, and he, of course, and it's just deadpan. He's like, yeah, you know, I was just uh, in the right place at the right time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there was nothing. Um, and so of course that was his answer on that one. Um, but but I love the Bjorkstrand play in overtime. I I don't know how I can choose. I know, I know. It's it's too tough to choose. I couldn't choose. Um. Uh, but yeah, Tammy bringing up the save from Larson again there and also reminded everybody to like the stream. Appreciate it, Tammy. Um, let's see, James, why are the top six uh, uh, you know, forwards so silent in so many of these games against good teams? Uh, you know, this, this one's tough because the Avs, the way that they are configured right now, where they, um, you know, they're, they're injured and so they've kind of stacked some of these top lines. Like you're playing tough matchups if you're a top six group and in this kind of game too you can't cheat at all for offense and that's something that like neither team felt they could do and as a result i mean you only get one goal for each side really uh so i think that was a big part of it in this one but in other games yeah you, you would like to see more 
for sure. Uh, Hunter, I stayed up until almost 1 a.m. for that ending. Pain. Good night, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> Good night, Hunter. I, I understand there. And then Edward, kind of echoing my sentiments from earlier, you play to win, don't play not to lose. Because that's kind of my opinion of that kind of hold on to the puck during overtime. Like, you're, you're just playing afraid at that point. Yeah, I... Again, it it, I know, it, I know. It, ha- it brings you success more often than than the alternative, but but it's boring, and hockey's an entertainment product. Yes, no, I'm 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 with you on <laughs> I know, that. I know. Uh, I know. Good luck. Yeah, I'll I'll try to sell that to Dave Haxtall my next trip up there. Is that yeah, you know, he should he, he he should lose more games, but in entertaining ways, it'll be better overall <laughs> for everyone. Uh, Lindsey Grand Larceny on the goal line. I like that. I can't. Oh, believe, that's good. I that, can't that's the headline right there. Uh, yeah, that's a really good one there, Lindsay. Uh, he had a similar clear last season, but it was even closer. What a stud! There you go. Every year he tells his goaltenders, "You get one." <laughs> yeah, you get one of these. Grubauer cashed in the card tonight. <laughs> yep. Use it wisely. You get one. Oh yeah. Uh, Nathan, I'll take a point against that team, home or away. That said, felt like injuries hurt us tonight. Yes. Yeah, so. We haven't talked too much about the Burakovsky thing on here. I mean, kind of what can you kind of walk us through how today kind of went with that? Right. So it was kind of an odd progression there. And, um, you know, those, those eagle-eyed of you may have noticed, I even tweeted out a projected lineup real quick with him in it right before he was announced as a scratch. So this is something that kind of caught me off guard and a lot of us up in the media. So um, what happened is, well, I'll, I'll back up to the morning skate before their last game on, on Thursday, Thursday yeah. where he just, something seemed off. He was kind of hunched over, uh, talking to a trainer, all that kind of stuff. So we had our eye on him. He comes over and, and, you know, ends up scoring the overtime winner. So we kind of ignore that a little bit. But today at morning skate, he was not out there along with Alex Wenberg. And the answer we get from Dave Haxtell on those two is that one of them is uh, going to play and the other one is a game-time decision. Doesn't tell us which one is which. He likes to give us these mysteries now. I don't know. He's, he's been feeling a little spicy the last couple of weeks. Um, and so we've got to try and figure out which it is. And then in warm-ups, they're both out there. So they're both taking warm-ups. So I figured, okay, maybe they're both in. That's what a lot of us kind of assume. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, right before, as, as the official scratches get announced, right before the game, Andre Burakovsky is on that scratch list, and it looks like Hayden is suiting up. So that's that's kind of the whole progression with that. He was well enough to take warm-ups, but I guess enough of a game-time decision uh, that, that he just felt like it wasn't good enough, he couldn't go. Right, and then still no news on kind of what it is? Nope. No news on what it is. Uh, yeah, Haxtell didn't, didn't say anything for him or Winberg as far as what it was uh, that, that was making one of them a game-time decision. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because he's he's like, you know, all the fantasy sites and stuff are listing him as as day to day. You'd think at some point we'd get a, you know, something like an injury designation at some point. Right. And and, and we will. I think that will be on what is, is tomorrow Sunday? Yes. I think that will probably be on Tuesday that we'll get that okay. injury designation. That's when they return to practice. Um, and at that point, we will ask, certainly, if we don't have one by then. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think they'll probably put one out at that point. Okay, that that makes sense. Uh, got a Devils fan in here say good game the other night. Yes, it was Devils joint and reminding everybody. Hey, Adam Larson, fourth overall draft pick. That's right, back in the 2011 draft. I thought he should have gone first overall to the Oilers. They needed a defenseman. Took Ryan Nugent Hopkins instead. I guess that worked out okay for them. But um, I, was, I, I remember. I mean, they got the other one also later. <laughs> yeah, they did. It cost him Taylor Hall, but you know. No, yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's fantastic. We were very happy to have him around. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, we also had a Vegas fan in here, uh, RJ. By the way, asking us how we enjoyed our two seconds in first place in the division. <laughs> Ah, yes, of course, of course. Uh, hey, I reminded him who's got the better points percentage. Like, it's, we're fine. Uh, Lindsay, Kraken have the easiest strength of schedule the rest of the season, plus games in hand. Calm down, Vegas fan. There we go. Uh, is that true? Is that true? The Kraken have the easiest strength of schedule? I haven't looked at the strength of schedule, actually, recently. So that, that very well might be true, but I haven't taken a look yet. Uh, yet so I can't say for sure. 
I was going to say, I mean, I know we've got a game coming up here on Columbus, and that right there will, will tank your That'll <laughs> help. schedule a lot. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it's, it is very possible. We've got some, some games left there. JMG with the Super Chat here. Can we please finally beat Vancouver on Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm focused on at this point. I want, I want that to be everybody's sole focus. I still want to push the, the whole, like, away game kind of atmosphere and vibe. Yeah. Let's try to bring that away game magic to this uh i'll be wearing the away larson jersey that day and and watching that game i i think if everybody if we can all wear our away game jerseys wear you know white t-shirt if you if you can't or even like the cool light blue that the kraken have yeah. all that stuff i think that's acceptable it all fits the icy theme but yeah i i will we'll be pushing that on social media and stuff because i i think that's that's what it is for oh me. yeah that that's how we that's how we turn the tide how we strip the mojo because yeah. man we kind of needed in this building right now tonight, man. i was gonna say because it wasn't because it wasn't the most energetic game there towards the end and even with yeah. the overtime like what was the building like i i heard from people like kind of tweeting and talking about it from the game lots of abs fans i know they travel well there, there were a lot of Avs fans, uh, and I was surprised to see just how many. I'm sure the Stanley Cup has something to do with it, but a lot of Avs fans, they do travel well. I've also just met a lot of people who live here that are, are originally from Colorado or moved here from Colorado, so I think that's part of it. But, uh, yeah, it, it was it was tough because I, I thought the crowd was really good throughout most of the game, and especially getting behind Philip Grubauer with the game that he was having. A lot of really loud grooves, and, and good to see that back here. Uh you know, toward, toward the third, as both teams were kind of playing for the tie, it felt like there were some people and, and you know, kind of in the, the lower bowl, kind of those middle seats, the most expensive seats who maybe went and tried to beat the traffic. Um, and so you notice that come over time. But, man, the people who stayed uh, were super into it. Yeah. No, I, and I actually I, I heard yeah. a few light, maybe scattered boos at, at, at late in the overtime as the Kraken just turned back towards center again and didn't yeah. do anything. So I think, and I think those are, are justified. I, I do as well. But yeah, I, I went to a Ducks Avs game last season and I was like, wow, there's a lot of people from Colorado here. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot. They, they do travel well. Of course, Seattle, LA, these are places people end up from all sorts of other places. <laughs> it's it's to, be, to be expected. Um, yes, absurdly saying she, she answers to Dog Squoy now, apparently. That's a, a new one. That's for, great. For me. Um, Dogscoy would have scored in the shootout all the treats from Rebecca for sure. She, she's well taken care of. We've actually today she's been super lazy since I've been back. We've been you know going on tons of walks, playing a bunch, just you know having fun together because I was gone so long. And uh, today she's kind of worn out. I think she's a little sore from everything. <laughs> and, and speaking of Dogscoy's namesake, actually, we did talk about this in our little media circles after the game. Like this is an area where the Kraken missed Jonas Dogscoy as the shootout. I, I brought that up too. Okay, um, I figured you probably did. Yeah, they don't kind of have that go-to person in the shootout now without him. And it kind of showed tonight with both, you know, Donato, Sprong. I mean, these are great guys, but they made moves so late, RJ. And just walking, I mean, they're practically in the crease. Like, of course he's going to poke check it away. You, he practically ran into his stick. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think there was a lot of kind of over, overthinking that, waiting for the goalie to bite. But but Franco's, I mean, credit to him, he didn't bite. No, he, he didn't. Uh, and that's kind of something I've, I've noticed about him. Like, he's a very patient goaltender. Like, mm -hmm. like that is definitely his M.O. and, and where he kind of he makes his money there. Uh, Lindsay, silver lining, Stars won 4 nothing over the Kings, so they won't gain any ground on us. Yeah, I'm looking at things right now. I mean, the Kings are in free fall, essentially. Uh, I'm more and, worried about the Oilers and the Kings at this point. I was going to say, probably me too. The, both of them have played 48 games, so we've got two games in hand on each of them. Um, but the Oilers do have more points with 57, so they are two points behind us. Uh, and they have the much better goal differential. Like, I think they're a little more for real than the Kings. Like, the Kings still have a negative goal differential. I don't know how long they were supposed to keep keep up this pace when you're getting outscored on average nightly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a tall uh, order to be asking for. Um, so, uh, yeah, Oilers in there. But, you know, again, Seattle got games in hand on them, got the one game in hand on, on Vegas. Seattle still best best points percentage and tied with the Oilers for best goal differential. As long as they figure out things at home here, I, I still feel yeah. really good about Seattle. 
No, I, I do too. Just <laughs> try to figure stuff out at home. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah here with another super chat tonight. Thank you so much, Jeremiah. The booze were very transparent on TV in overtime, 100%. Question I heard rumors of Shane Wright for Bo Horvat. Do you guys think that's a good move? Oh, man. So, Dylan, you know that we're going to talk about uh, Bo Horvat and, and that whole trade question uh, on the next edition of the Deep Dive. So, everyone stay tuned for that. But I, I you know, got to give him a little something here. Uh, and I think this is one we can answer pretty quickly. Uh, no, I would not be interested in any any deal for Bo Horvat that would involve Shane Wright going the other way. Um, and, and I know that's like the first thing you see on all the comment sections and with all the Canucks fans commenting on a potential Bo Horvat deal. Uh, it's it's not going to happen, too. I, I just think no. someone who's a, a around the team and covering the team as close as I am, there's no talk of that. I think it, it's very clear where Shane Wright stands uh, as far as you know his value to the Kraken organization. They wouldn't move him in a deal like this. No, I don't know that they'd move him at all. Like it yeah, would be, I, yeah, that's true. It would have to be <laughs> something kind of like ridiculous, like Edmonton's just like, hey, we're in, we're you know, we're in cap hell. Would you take Connor McDavid for Shane Wright straight up and help us out? It'd be like, it would have to be something insane like that. Which, hey, Ken Holland, maybe he would do something like that. Yeah. But I, I, I think they've invested so much in Shane Wright already as far as bringing him in, taking him through training camp, having him start the season with the team, ha getting him involved on road trips, um, working with him on getting him settled in Seattle and working with him on living alone for the first time in his life and all yeah. of that stuff, really kind of helping, you know, get him to be an adult because he was an 18-year-old kid having to move, you know, to a different country and, and kind of cross the continent there. I think that that it would be... I just don't think it, it it fits with them at all. I still believe Ron Francis when he talks about his kind of time frame and, and window for the Kraken's competitiveness being still a couple years out from now. And that very much fits in more so with having a Shane Wright than a Bo Horvat. Um, I, I think there could be something to the idea of them being interested in Bo Horvat. Like I said, he kind of fits with Maddie and Shane's timelines better than say a Yanni Gort. So I do think that there could be interest there. Uh, because he's, you know, he's he's obviously scoring at a good clip this year. I'll, you know, questions about how sustainable that is, but he wins faceoffs. He's a good 200 foot player. He's a good leader too. He's he's been you know captain up there for a little while now. Um, so I, I could see them being interested in Bo Horvat, but the idea of Shane Wright being on the table just makes no sense with everything that this team has done so far, both in words and in actions. And that's why I think it's just kind of you know a Canadian markets pipe dream a little bit. <laughs> and, and if you remember at the start of these Horvat trade talks too, when I looked at some of the comments, the starting, the starting name I saw was Beneers. Like, Oh, just Beneers for Horvat. And you know, just casually. Yeah. So <laughs> you got to take it with a grain of salt. You want to trade us that guy in his first year that's scoring at almost a point per game. Like, you know, and he plays 200 foot. He's really great. He's a future leader and everything. Like, I mean, I guess if we had to take him, you're getting a really good player in Bo Horvat. So, you know, yeah. That's, that's never changed Canucks fans. I was going <laughs> to say that's, that's all Canucks fans right there. Um, let's see. Let's see. Oh, apparently uh, that was um, uh, Francis's first uh, shootout. Oh, in his career. Yeah. That's what wow. Lindsay's saying. Oh, no. Let, never let in a shootout attempt in his career. Excuse me. Oh, so, okay. Well that again, like I said, he's a patient guy. That makes sense to me. Yeah, like watching him, like I would be more afraid of him in a shootout than I would be at five on five. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> definitely. Um, let's see. Uh, without the Larson save, we don't get to get the Bjorky overtime play. So got to give the edge to Larson as far as ranking the plays there from Tammy. That is that is good. That is good. Um, let's see. Wenberg has to be that goofy ankle sprain against the Devils from Kyle there. That it's an interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is probably the the play that, uh, that you're looking at with Miles Wood kind of rolled up on him, and that's kind of what we were all thinking. And I thought he was more likely to be the game-time decision, just having seen that play and knowing that Burakovsky, whatever was bothering him Thursday morning, he played through it Thursday night. So I was thinking it was probably Wenberg, but you never know, right? Yeah. Uh, Joey uh, asking why Burakovsky was out. We don't know. Is the bottom line. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how long he'll be out. Don't know what the issue was. That's that's where we are. Welcome to NHL injuries. Yeah, exactly. 
uh let's see we better beat vancouver on wednesday from joey i know i know uh hockey fork regarding rj saying they didn't lose it in overtime i would uh pose it that by essentially milking the clock to get to the shootout given their shootout record they absolutely did lose it in overtime i mean good point if you know that you're that bad of a shootout team then then yeah i mean um yeah ryan donato was kind of their only hope once he didn't score i was like uh hmm yeah i <laughs> I mean, Everly, it, good, and and again, right? He was the only one to kind of, I mean, to get a shot off. So that's something yeah. in a situation <laughs> like this, I guess. Um, but he was the only one to also just kind of let it rip and and like, hey, let me just try to beat this guy clean. And um, you know, he 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 got it past him. He just missed the net. Uh, yeah. So you know, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more of that, particularly from a Sprong. Like I was hoping Sprong would just skate in with speed and just try to pick a corner. Like right, and I mean. What do you think of the Sprong selection? Because I, when I when I saw he was that that third shot, I'm like, well, he gets a lot of breakaways. Yeah. He doesn't usually score on them. <laughs> uh, he scores on more of them than Tanov does, I guess. That, I that's, guess. that's that's true. That is true. It's it, I mean, it's interesting. Let us all know in here, everybody, who who do you think you would you would put in there as your third shooter after after Everly and after um, Donato go. I mean, here's I what someone, I would have done. Someone earlier had mentioned McCann in here, and McCann would have been there for me too. Because again, I like in these situations somebody who's just going to look at the goaltender, kind of coming down the slot there, and just be able to pick a spot and hit it. Yeah, and, and against Francois, who's not going to move for you if you try and deke. I mean, maybe that's right. what you want—a guy who come in and pick a spot. Uh, otherwise, I'd say. I mean, I don't think Matty Beneers has a career shootout attempt, does he? No, I mean, they've only been in one other one this year. Right. I don't so think he was involved. give him a shot. I mean, this guy is going to be your future captain. He's, he's your leading scorer. But why not yeah. see what he can do? Or his roommate, Will Borgen. That's like my that's my low key suggestion. Borgen for shootout. I'll, I was going to. Yeah, I was going to say lots of lots of veneers in here uh, yeah. from people. Ty, Matty over Sprong. Let him feel the moment for sure. Joshua uh, would have gone with him there as well um tyler why not try maddie as the third shooter exactly i i like the devil's joint though makes a good point larson slap shot yep i i wouldn't say no to that either <laughs> you know what fourth shooter larson just comes out takes clapper in close let's go <laughs> tries to yep. rattle him for the next guy at least make up the, the first shooter just set the tone <laughs> exactly um jeremiah i take washington born tj oshi just saying <laughs> washington state born yeah i even <laughs> If if you had the opportunity to, yes. Yeah. Um, Lindsay would have gone Beneers, McCann, and Hayden for the vibes. Hayden for the vibes. All right. All right. Oh, could, could make it work. Uh, yeah, lots of people also say in McCann in here, you know, Kyle, I see Daniel, Lindsay there. Um, uh, Rebecca in the Yanni voice. Bjorgi. <laughs> Borgi. <laughs> Borgi. Yep. Borgatron. Yep. Uh, and then and then Kyle with Bjorkstrand seems to have nice hands. I agree. I mean, that's that could have worked too. Uh, I would have given him a shot potentially. I know he's been cold at five on five, but maybe you know he's just been saving it for shootouts. Yeah, I say next shootout Donato and then two guys we haven't seen before. Yep, Patrick, I made it. You made it, Patrick. Happy to have hey. you. Glad you can make it. Uh, we were just talking about who you would put in uh, in the shootout. So if you want to kind of get in involved with everybody here, that's that's what we're doing currently. Uh, <laughs> Nathan, wow, we have three days off in a row. What a concept. Yeah, so let's talk about that, RJ, because last time they had a couple days off in a row, they had some questions hanging out there, and they were able to to do some work and some practices and, and make some solid improvements. So what do we want to see the Kraken work on? All right, good good question. I'd like I mean, to I know. See I was going to say, yeah. I know because someone else said it in here earlier, like tomorrow's the skills showcase. So yeah, like, not working on anything there. Yeah. So but, but, yeah, that's the little caveat is that, you know, tomorrow's not really a day off, um, but they will get a practice in a solid practice in on Tuesday. And I think they will have plenty of time to work on stuff. They will be coming off a day off mm -hmm. and then, you know, a pretty relaxed day tomorrow. Um, so I, I, is it is it bad that I just every single time will say special teams like, uh, you know, I, I want to see I want to see the power play work on some new looks. Um, I mean, it's it's tough because you can't pick out a whole lot of like errors from this game. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, what, you can't. What do you say? I, I mean, I, I trust yeah, your look, judgment more I, than mine on this. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm kind of okay with where the penalty kill has been at lately. So I, I don't. I would focus on power play. The other thing I would focus on, and this would involve the PK, is clearing the puck. Like, just work on drills of where to clear the puck, or get used to you know rimming it around the boards or the glass or something. But it drives me crazy on nights like tonight where the Kraken touch the puck twice. They they have control of the puck twice. And they can't clear it out during um, the avalanche. I think it was their second power play. And and the Avs had it in the zone for a full minute and 30. Like, yeah. you just can't do that. And they do it every game. And then we saw it kill them in that Devils game where Devils pull their goaltender and they have the extra man and the Kraken just can't get rid of it. They have opportunities to. They gain possession of the puck and they just can't get it out of the zone. Yeah, and I will say this is actually something it was more of like way earlier in the season that they did work on. I do remember a few drills where it's you're in the D zone, you got to work to get possession of the puck. And once you do, the coach is just barking at you, yelling at you the whole time. Clear it, get it out, get it out. And if you don't, they will blow the whole thing dead and you will get reprimanded uh, for not clearing the puck soon enough when you have the chance. So I know it's something that they've looked at at some point this season and, and I know they have it in them. So I, I would like to see you know that, that drill uh, come back out. Yeah, Nathan, Nathan in here agreeing with me too with the zone clears. Uh, Patrick got got two in here. One, my advice: shoot the dang puck. Two, let Gru shoot one. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know, Patrick. You're the only person to bring up Grubauer there, but I mean, why not? <laughs> it would be again entertainment value. That's what it's all about. Yeah, got to go with that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, so going back here to, to when we were talking about the whole Shane Wright, Bo Horvat stuff in here, Jeremiah McDavid for Wright sounds like a deal to me. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, let's see. Absurdly saying they can't trade anyone this year. I love this team too much. Exactly the way they are. And just no, please don't break my heart, Ron Francis. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. But I'm, I, I think a lot of people are there with you, absurdly saying I'm, I'm there with you, too. It's it would be really rough. And then, Edward, if the hockey gods bless you with a free Shane Wright, you don't squander that on a rental. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to gotta cash that in for everything it's worth. I was going to say, just take a picture of that and post it as a response to every Canucks fan trying to pitch that idea. I know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that right there. Like, there's no argument to be made against it at all. Uh, good night, Pablo. Um, Ty, other Canadian rumors. Do we want to touch on Bruce Vancouver treating him like total uh, crud? And it's sad to see supposedly his last game tonight. I know, like I've been kind of loosely paying attention to that, RJ. I don't know how much you've been paying. I've, attention I've been to paying it. attention to it a fair amount, and I definitely want to talk about it on the next Red Glare podcast because um, it, it's yeah, it's this whole situation. There's plenty that we can talk about, and I think we'll have seen some more movement on that front by the time we record next. Uh, probably it sounds like if this was uh, indeed is going to be his last game in which case what does vancouver even look like for us <laughs> this next right did we lose you rj all right it, you're back kind of all right yeah i i think the climate pledge arena wi-fi went out okay well that's something um the first time we've had to deal with that, I think. Uh, let's see. Got to work on six and five, Nathan. Yeah, you can you could run some. You know, other teams got the the net empty drills. I don't think that would be bad for them. Um, I would focus on growth hormone injections for Schultz and Shorts from Kyle. Definitely an interesting suggestion. I don't know that the league would be in favor of that, but uh, that that might be be the case there. Uh, so some talk here about the showcase. Patrick just brought up the idea of an ECH meetup at the showcase tomorrow. Oh yeah, you know what we could because I, I remember last year we did one beforehand. Mm -hmm. Oh Gary, man, I should have thought of this earlier. There. Yeah. yeah. There's, uh, there's still time, RJ. Get, get I know there's, the there's still time. Get on Twitter. Talk about yeah, it tomorrow. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the format because we haven't gotten a whole lot of information on the format. Like, I don't think there's going to be an intermission per se. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I'll, I'll think of something that'll work. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll could, figure it out. You could do it, you know, outside beforehand or, or afterwards. Yeah. Everybody can get a picture at like the living wall or something. That would be really yeah. cool to see. I'll bring um, the banner off the off of my yeah. wall from the studio. Yeah. We'll do that. Let's get. I'll get a picture there. Everyone who's going. Yeah, yeah. Patrick asking if there's an intermission. Well, sounds like you'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, we <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. And and I saw someone up here. Where where was it? 
right here, Lindsay. Kind of bummed we probably won't see Berkey, Schwartz, or Schultz in the showcase tomorrow. Yeah, that is that is kind of a bummer. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. We we didn't do predictions, RJ. Maybe tomorrow we'll real quick text predictions back and forth. Yeah, yeah. And Let's do that. Talk Let's about do that. So we have it on record. We need it. Yeah. Tammy suggesting Queen Anne Beer Hall after the showcase. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That could be uh, fun. Uh, Liquid Dinosaur is going to be there. Patrick asking if you got your uh, press pass for it. Yes. Yeah. Just got that approved uh, today. So <laughs> looking forward to it. Yeah. We'll, we'll be there. I'll cover it as media. And uh, yeah, for anyone who can't go, we'll I'll try and make you feel like you're there. Thank you. Because I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looking right at you. I know, I know. I'm bummed there. Uh, Lindsay, Kraken winless against the Canucks under Bruce Boudreaux if he is indeed out by Wednesday. I know that's going to be a really interesting situation if that's the kind of the situation. I know. Yeah, they might get the chance to ring in the, the Tockett era. Oh, is that the rumor? Oh, yeah, no, that's, that, that is out. the next coach. I mean, that's what's so crazy about it. We know what's going to happen exactly. They still haven't pulled the trigger. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it on Red Glare. But, yeah, it's crazy. Wow, crazy, crazy. Patrick wondering if the radar gun will be working this year. Giordano got robbed. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I've got that in mind. And believe me, if the numbers are low again, I'm going to ask about it. The guys will sound off. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the players would, would have some questions there. Um, all right, we're going to do a, a last call here for, for everybody. If you got any questions or if I had to earlier uh, when things were hectic, skip over anything you want it, want it read out or, or talked about now, question, comment, whatever, go ahead and get it in chat now. Uh, just kind of double checking, going up a little bit here to, to see if I had missed anything here. Um, let's see. Yeah, some good, good stuff. Otherwise, I mean, Zoidberg's going to be there tomorrow. Good to see. Nice, nice. Uh, Tammy saying they should do a fish eat, but Berkey needs to be there for that. I know that that contest needs to happen. We actually we had some media discussion about that. How they need to do a a, a longest fish eat, some some kind of way to measure it. Um, but that that has to happen. And I think that would be a really fun thing there for for the people to to who show up for a skills showcase like that, right? Because it's a total fan event. Like that's something where you know in in theory right people aren't supposed to totally show up for something like that but we know a bunch of people will They're, you're all selling oh, yeah. off here in the comment section and and so um yeah i think that that would be like kind of a cool thing that they did just you know to kind of reward the fans who who do show up for that who buy a ticket to not to see a game but really just to see them right and support exactly. them and and for this event too i think it's so important because given that the tickets are 15 bucks each you know, it's a lot more accessible for people and even the people who can make it to some games. But, you know, maybe they're not sitting in the first few rows, which is normal yeet territory. You know, they might have a chance to come down and, and just get there early, get a good seat and catch a fish. I was going to say first few rows, unless it's it's Berkey out there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I calculated the exact seat that he threw it to. I looked it up on the seat map. I think it was something like 19 rows up. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's hard to throw those too. I was trying to think of like the best way to throw one of those. Like, do you think it's heavy enough that you could go football style overhand? Maybe, maybe it is. I've never held one. I, I want to hold one at some point just to see what the feel of it is. Yeah. I, Cause that's, that's what I was thinking was, I wonder if you could kind of get a spiral on that and go mm. overhand. Cause that's go, go football style and yep. just yep. launch it. Just get it going. You got to use that tail pretty. for leverage. I think that's probably your best bet. That's, I mean, that's what uh, Berkey did, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the way it goes. Broad coming in here with a super chat. I went to the game with my girlfriend tonight and finally got number 10 on my blank jersey. What's the deal with Hayden and with no shooting in overtime? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> coming in late. Uh, yeah. Uh, Burakovsky couldn't go. Uh, last minute decision there. Uh, no word as to why. Uh, that's yep. that's kind of the, the situation there. Um, one, well, and also congrats on getting the, the jersey done up there. Uh, I know you've been talking about that. And then uh, with no shooting in overtime, yeah, we talked about that. All can agree. We even got RJ on board that that was probably too conservative there. Uh, so <laughs> that's that's where we're at. Um, I you know I'm still in favor of just going all out. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. But we did talk a little bit, and you can watch the replay, um, Braun. But uh, we we do talk a, a spend a good amount of time talking about the the ideas around that and and how the Kraken played it. Uh, let's see. Uh, they do weigh them with sand. Lindsay saying about the fish. Ooh, so there, there's okay. some, 
We talked a little further then. Yeah. yeah, that that is that is good. Uh, Harley envious for y'all going tomorrow. Have a great time. We'll look for some ECH posts. RJ. Oh, you'll see plenty for sure. And then uh, Nathan Cervelli just reported. Boudreaux said his goodbyes to the players after the game and enjoyed a cold beverage with staff in his office. Bruce, there it is. Yep. Oh, I feel bad for him. I do too, man. I it's, do too. It's, it's not the way a legend like that. I mean, this could be it. You know what I mean? It could be. It like, could be. Is he going to go find a 19th team or whatever to bring him in? I just don't know. <laughs> bring, bring him here as an assistant. Just like add another assistant to the staff. Yeah, I know. Uh, Rebecca, I remember they designed the fish to be heated further than a stick could, but that doesn't seem to be working out. <laughs> well, uh, then a stick could safely. Because, yeah, you, right. I mean, you could javelin style a stick up there, but I don't know that that would be the safest thing for the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, all right, everybody. Yes, a lot, you know, Bruce deserved better for sure. He did. He did. He's earned it. Um, and I think, you know, Vancouver fans, to their credit, seem to agree with that sentiment as well. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us after this one. Again, it's not really that much of a bummer. Kraken still pick up a point. Yeah. That's a big deal. They, they were playing through through all this. Yes, you should feel very confident about picking Maddie for your jersey there, Braun. So I, oh, yeah. thousand percent, man. Uh, and then, um, yeah, still a really solid night for the Kraken. This was a tough team. Kraken have still, they've played a ton of hockey here. They're still trying to get over all of that. Big, big night for them. Exciting stuff to look forward to tomorrow, especially for all of you going. And, uh, yeah, th thanks so much for joining us. You want to say goodbye, RJ? Oh, see you all next time. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't normally throw it. I'll to say you the Dylan line. I know. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks. We'll, we'll see you. We'll see you next time. <laughs>